0: Powered through the Alaska Airlines studios.
1: This is Bump and Stacy
0: on Seattle Sports Station.
1: Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
0: Here we go now. Uh, Okay, so before I get to the question that I posed to you and to listeners, which is can you win a Super Bowl when you're paying a quarterback big money? How did Patrick Mahomes change that conversation? Doesn't matter if it's Patrick Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. Great conversation. I love having it. We're going to get to it in a second. There was breaking news about 15 minutes ago. Um, It's not to do with the Seahawks, but it does have something to do with the NFL. And it's just a really interesting story that any NFL fan, I think, would be interested in. So... A Philadelphia jury uh, rewarded $43.5 million as part of a verdict in favor of ex-Eagles captain Chris Maragos uh, Maragos and uh, Curtis, formerly on the Seahawks, right, on the Seahawks Super Bowl winning team, Super Bowl champion Chris Maragos, uh, as part of a medical negligence case. So this was the case, and I can't get over it. In May 2018, or excuse me, let me go back a year, in 2017, in a game against the Carolina Panthers, um, Maragos uh, maybe tore his meniscus. The original injury is a meniscus tear. The injury after a game is diagnosed as a torn PCL. He undergoes surgery um, by this like famous orthopedic surgeon and is treated by Roman orthopedics. Then, uh, less than a year later... An MRI reveals that his injury had been getting worse and he was suffering from a persistent partial tear. But instead of holding off his activities, um, the orthopedic staff allowed him to advance his rehab, including running on dry land. So the jury ruled that these activities, which were ordered by uh, the orthopedic people, resulted in further complications and the premature end of his career. So as you guys know, the NFL has been like, really making it difficult on players seeking money from the league for insurance payouts, um, basically doing everything they can to be like, well is that from football or is that from you, you, right? Are you sure those are from concussions, Julian Edelman, or is that just something else? (laughs) Were you running into
2: walls at home? Yeah.
0: So this is from a lawsuit against uh this orthopedic medicine practice, I don't think necessarily against the NFL, but still forty three and a half million uh as part of of this win and um I just I don't think that this is the only time something like this has happened, right? It's irresponsible to speculate that this happens all the time. That's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is players put a lot of trust into medical staff yeah. for teams. And for the most part, the medical staff try their best to make sure players mm-hmm. stay healthy. But there's this weird intersection of we want players to be healthy. And also this is an incredibly competitive industry where millions and millions and millions of dollars depend on you getting back on the field as quickly as possible.
2: Team doctors have the team's interest in mind. Yes, they care about the athlete. I had a, um, a surgery on my left foot. Team doctor for the Seahawks took care of it to this day. I mean, I feel some pain in my foot, but I've gotten x-rays and say everything's fine and good to go. These guys care about the player, but the team is the... the t- is the person that's paying them or the organization that's paying them? So obviously they're going to look out for them. This right here just seems a bit irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, I know where the PCL is, I know where the MCL is, and they're in different areas. So what did they do? Open up, open them up? Be like, oh snap!
0: It's really confusing. It sounds like he may have had a PCL injury, and they just did not treat the torn meniscus. So not only did they advance his rehab too quickly when he came back from a PCL from PCL surgery. But he also still had a torn meniscus. (laughs) So it ended his career. Like, his career was done because of this. Because he rushed his rehab back, Mm -hmm. his knee got to a point where it was, he was not able to play on his knee anymore.
2: Whatever they did, they were wrong. And people make mistakes. I don't think there's a doctor out there that has never made a mistake when it comes to surgery. So it's unfortunate. The the position they're put in is they have to be dang near perfect every time or these situations are going to happen. Now, it did happen. It did cut my man's... Um, career short, but he's getting paid for it, so... yeah, I mean, $43 million. He probably wouldn't have made $43 million in his career <laughs> in the NFL. Good
0: for him. Uh, Alright, let's get to the story I was promising you guys. Can you pay a quarterback big money and win a Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes threw a wrench into that conversation. He accounts for nearly 17% of the Chiefs' salary cap. Um, it's 17.6% in 2022. The most ever for a Super Bowl winner. Previous... Uh, The previous high was Tom Brady, who held the two highest quarterback caps for two different Super Bowls, two different teams. With the Buccaneers, 12.6%, and with the New England Patriots, 12.4%. The median cap percentage for a Super Bowl of a winning team uh, is 10%. So this is not something that happens often, and because of that, there's been this adage of, like, you you can't do it. No, I love this.
2: I love this. You know why? Because it gives us more material to argue back and forth. You and I, us and the listeners, it just changes things. And and I like when something happens that's never been done before because now it makes it possible. Now as a GM, as a fan, as a coach, you can look at your team and say, okay, it's possible. Now how do we do this? You got to look at the Kansas City Chiefs and say, how were they able to do this? Now there's the Mahomes factor going in that thing as sure. well. You got to have a quarterback who can overcome all of this stuff and win ballgames for you. That's how you overcome that. That's the easy way to do it. But no, it just shows that – you can still have this argument that you shouldn't pay your quarterback because numbers say most of the time that's not going to happen. But now for the team who stumbles across who they think is the next face of the NFL or just a elite quarterback when it's time for Jalen Hurts to get paid, when it's time for Joe Burrow to get paid, they can look at it and say, okay, it is possible, but we got to surround these guys with talent. And how did the Kansas City Chiefs do that? They spent a lot of money on their O-line and on their D-line. They protect the quarterback, and they pay guys that get after the quarterback. You can find, unfortunately, I'm a receiver, okay? Receivers, (laughs) I love you, big ups. Nothing but love for you. But we are a dime a dozen, and you can find a guy who was thrown away by the Steelers and Juju Smith-Schuster and say, man, you come on, have have five catches in the second half for 50-something yards, man. Get us
0: a game-saving penalty. Get us a
2: game-saving penalty. You can get a guy from New York that – the Giants gave up on on, uh, on Tony and said, you know what? You come over here yep. and we'll put you in the right situation. You can go. So I, I look at that situation and I say, if you protect and get after the quarterback, you can find good receivers that aren't extremely expensive and make this thing go. But there's nothing like having... A twenty-five million dollar AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, uh, Devonte Adams—those no. guys. It's nice to have that. I'm just saying, there's another way to do it now.
0: I mean, we were just talking about AJ Brown, his touchdown, uh, where it's like just the better guy won, the more athletic guy won, yeah. right? Like Duffy wasn't losing speed; he just—you had a better breakdown and analysis of it of exactly why AJ Brown won that battle. But part of it is just pure talent right. and size and speed alone. Uh, I think the, what I would caution against, though, I don't mind it, <laughs> is the moving of the goalposts. With okay, well, seventeen percent. Of the salary cap to this quarterback, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, well, I mean, how many Patrick Mahomes are there? You're right. There's one, and I, I think unanimously, most people. In fact, I would be. I would love to meet the person who doesn't think right now that Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL.
2: Me too. Where you at?
0: Maybe you don't, but you are in the minority of that opinion. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Patrick Mahomes is kind of an exception, but it still happened. Right. So you have to acknowledge it happened. So instead, what the conversation becomes is, OK, well, how did Kansas City win the Super Bowl while paying their quarterback this much? Is it just that Patrick Mahomes is special or is there other, other stuff happening here? Yeah. And I think there's other stuff, other stuff happening going here. What are some of the things that you see?
2: Man, one, you have a coach who understands how to get guys open. Yes. No matter who they are. Whatever skill set they bring to the table, we're going to find a way to get you open. And then you have a scouting department that finds guys like Tony who just had a 65-yard return, longest in Super Bowl history when it comes to pump returns. And then you find little pieces. Like a Sky Moore. He had one reception. It was a touchdown. He had one a rushing attempt for four yards. It sets up something else. You just got to know how to use what you have and find the personnel. That's why I'm looking at The Seahawks defense, and I'm saying, all right, Clint Hurt, you had a year. This is where your coaching come in. This is where the scouting department comes in. You've had a year to experiment with this defense and figure out what type of dudes do I need Mm -hmm. to make this thing go. That's what you need in all cases. So whether you are paying a second-round draft pick like a Jalen Hurts and you can spend money elsewhere – and you have a long history of drafting well, or whether you're paying the best quarterback in the league like he's the best quarterback in the league, it all comes down to finding the pieces around that will support them, finding the guy on special teams who's going to make a play, finding the receiver out of North Dakota State to have one rushing uh, attempt, one catch to help you out, finding a guy that the New York Giants threw away. That's what you have to do. Find the personnel to fit what you want to do, but you need that centerpiece. And it's always the quarterback, the O-line, and the D-line. Those are the hardest positions to find in the league.
0: And they've made financial decisions. Tyreek Hill, an incredibly talented wide receiver. Some people could argue the best receiver in the league. I think there are a couple names you could throw in here, but his would be in there, right? When you're talking about just overall talent. They decided, you know what? We think he's exceptional. But we don't want to pay him $74 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. We don't want to make him the highest paid uh, wide receiver in the NFL. We have other people we're committing money to. We got to pay uh, Chris Jones. Uh, we have Travis Kelsey. We think we can move on. And they did. Yep. Like that was a decision where they said, we have a player who is worth his money. Right, he's he is the reason he and Jalen Waddle mm-hmm. um, that that Miami took off through the first eight weeks of the season and had Tua not gotten hurt and had like three concussions, maybe we're talking about a different season in a, in a different AFC East battle, right? Yeah, but it happened. Don't take away from what Tyreek Hill did there. He is still a phenomenal player. The Chiefs moved on. The Chiefs were able still to get a return from the players. They are paying though. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but that's a huge part of it too. If you are going to pay guys. Make sure it's worth it. They
2: gotta perform.
0: They gotta perform. And sometimes it doesn't happen, right? You can pay a guy because he has back to back all pro years, and then maybe he gets an injury and maybe he falls off. You can't predict the future. You can only Jamal. go right. You can only go on the information you have. Jamal Adams, who I would love to see healthy in Clint Hurts defense, and I would love to see what it looks like for both safeties in this specific defense. They're two of your highest paid players. And you didn't get defensive player of the year nods you didn't get right like and it's really hard to do that but the chiefs got it yeah. you had a list of their highest paid players it was uh obviously mahomes mvp
2: it's mahomes
0: mvp jones d tackle uh defensive player of the year nominee
2: brown offensive tackle
0: just fantastic season Thune.
2: is it thuni that's, that's i know it's yeah T-H. joe thuni oh yeah yeah yeah. Sounds like a list when also i say good. that <laughs> guard and then you got clark
0: Frank Clark, Frank Clark, who has who's great with postseason sacks as well.
2: He's third all time when it comes to postseason sacks. He's got fifteen and a half or something like that. And
0: you have Travis Kelsey just outside of that, who yep. led the league with receiving touchdowns.
2: Yep, you look at Philly. You got AJ Brown. He's a receiver, twenty five mil. You got offensive tackle Johnson. You got DB Slade. You got old tackle Mailada, and then you have linebacker Reddick. Then you look at the Seattle Seahawks. You got number one DK. Adams, Lockett, Diggs, nuosu No offensive lineman. no D linemen. Now, two safety, to, two receiver. For the offensive line, you might have drafted two really good future yes. offensive linemen in these tackles with, with Cross and with Abe. So maybe you found something there. But this offseason, we've been yelling it from the mountaintops. You address the interior lineman. You pay, pay somebody there. And then you get D linemen and, and people to help out. Now, you have to get lucky, too. And the Philadelphia Eagles is a great example of them just drafting well and holding on to these guys and adding pieces. And you can say the same thing about um, the Chiefs. They they grab Frank Clark over there. You got Chris Jones. Things have to work out for you, Mm -hmm. but there are certain positions in football that just dominate. The Chiefs won this game because that offensive line was able to hold up against the best D-line, the best box in the NFL. Only one tackle for loss, five quarterback hits, no sacks. That's how they won that football game. So if you aren't a believer in the big boys now, I don't know when you're going to be a believer. You need to have guys on the outside to make the big plays. But when it comes down to running the football, protecting the quarterback, getting after the quarterback, you need number 60-something, 70-something, 90-something. Those are the boys you need.
0: Well, and the Chiefs saw a problem that they needed to fix and fixed it. In that Super Bowl loss Mm -hmm. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure a ridiculous amount of the time, and he tried his best, but there was no way Patrick Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs were winning that game with the amount of pressure Tampa Bay was able to bring. Tampa Bay was, I think, the number two ranked defense, number one against the run, number two ranked defense overall. They were a fantastic defense. So is Philadelphia. The difference is not only a more mature Patrick Mahomes and you know some great weapons, but. Also an offensive line that's significantly better and not banged up. They were pretty banged up heading into that and one. And
2: a coach who schemed them up. Yes. Andy Reid, he got the matchups he wanted. He baited them with a bunch of plays early. They took the bait. He realized when I needed to change the game, hand it to Pacheco, finishes run, sprinkling some McKinnon. Kelsey, you start us off early, bring us home. Beautiful game plan.
0: And I want to stress, Bump, you did earlier, and I'm going to reiterate it. Someone said, and now people argue to overpay Gino. This has nothing to do with Gino. What it has to do with is the conversation about how you build a Super Bowl team. What are the traps you can fall into? I think that saying a certain percentage goes to the quarterback and so you can't win is simplifying it a bit. It does point to the thing that holds you back most, which is investing, putting a lot of your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, 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 that's a saying for a reason. Don't put your eggs in one basket because you put a lot of risk and a lot of investment in one thing. And if Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL, your season might be done, but you also do so many other things well. And if you look at what they do well, you can figure out what goes wrong for other teams, right? If you have a quarterback, you're paying a lot of money to, and he's a franchise quarterback, you're probably winning double digit games every year. Yep. So you're not getting a top 10 draft pick. Okay, well, that's something that's that you're struggling with. Uh, if you're paying a quarterback that much money, uh, you don't have quite as much to spend on free agents, so you got to hit on all those guys. Okay, well, if you don't, that's something you're dealing with, right? Like these are all things that factor into it. So, if you look at the example of it working with Kansas City, you can find other areas where a team like Seattle uh, can can improve and step up. So.
2: Facts. They got
0: a great chance to do it with the number 5 draft pick coming up this spring. Let's get to four-down territory.
1: This, this is four-down territory. Going inside, inside the, the game. game. What former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First
0: down, how were the Chiefs able to turn things around in the second half?
2: How were they able to do it? They got physical coming out of the gate. That third quarter drive. Six out of the ten plays they ran were run plays. They had four in a row and said, look, we're going to hand it to Pacheco and let him get physical. That's exactly what he did. And then that supporting cast got going as well. We saw Sky Moore. We saw Tony with a a touchdown and a 65-yard touchdown. We saw Juju Smith re-enter the thing. That's what they did. They go, look, what's not working for us? All right, that pass game, uh, this this D-line is getting close to our quarterback, but not really getting him down. How are we going to neutralize him? We're going to hit him on the edge with our guy Pacheco. is going to go off the gut a little bit, and then we're going to open things out in schemes to get other guys involved and not just rely on the Mahomes-Travis-Kelsey connection. But when you needed to, they did. Beautiful game plan in that second half. God,
0: it's just unstoppable. Second down. All right, let's talk about a guy on the other side. What impressed you most about Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts?
2: Man, Jalen Hurts. Third down plays. There are two of them that were extremely impressive to me. There's 39. He hits Goddard going to his left, low and away from the defender that was right there. And then on third and 14, he hits him on a corner. You got the... Quarterback underneath, the safety over the top. It was a nice little sandwich right there. Puts it in a place where only Goddard can go get it. He comes down with that football. In the first half, he set the tone. He completed 77% of his passes in the first half. And all I was thinking was Robbie Gold. You got to make him play quarterback. I'm like, this young man's playing quarterback. He's doing his thing. He carried his team. He was the best player on the football field for most of that game. You cannot ignore the fumble that he had. He had a post-game speech to his team and said, look, that's my bad. Good teammates are going to hold him up and not keep him down. But Jalen Hurst was the best football player on the field for three quarters and 50% of the, the fourth quarter, man. Yep. I was proud of that dude. You know his story. Got benched in the national championship, transferred to Oklahoma. He does his thing there. Jalen Hurts, was extremely impressive. Just gutsy performance. Three rushing touchdowns. No quarterback has ever done that. Only one other person has done that in the Super Bowl. That's Terrell Davis, his young man has a bright future.
0: If you haven't seen Jalen Hurts' post-game press conference for after this game, the Super Bowl, I encourage you to go watch it. He's so likable, but also he just is so mature. And not just like, oh, mature yeah. for his age. I mean, mature for anyone. Like, you can absolutely see the beginnings of, like, a franchise leader with this kid. Third down. As usual... Typical skill players. They get all the love and glory. But tell me about the Chiefs offensive line.
2: Chiefs. O-line. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> Big guys. Protection. Line.
2: Gave up no sacks. <laughs> Only one TFL from Philadelphia. They average almost six per game. They got none. No TFLs. No sacks. That's how you win the game right there, man. We, um... I said it last week, and Brock Hewer said it as well. I'm like, look, just watch the trenches whenever you get a chance. There are a couple times where I'm telling my kids, just look at the trenches. I know you want to follow the football. I know Pat Mahomes is great. I know Jalen Hurts is balling. But look at the space and the time that they're getting. And then Pat Mahomes was mobile enough to escape some, some guys. There are times where I felt like there was a hand on that shoulder pad. Bam, But Mahomes gets away. This O-line did just enough. in neutralized the best part of this Philadelphia mm-hmm. defense. 70 sacks. 70 sacks during the regular season. None during this game. That's how they were going to win this game. They needed a stopper two tours in. They were not able to do that. Big ups to that offensive line for containing Philly.
0: Also, clearly the first postseason game that they didn't have any sacks because they continued that trend against San Francisco. Uh, fourth down. All right, where did the brilliance of Andy Reed shine the most to you?
2: Man, what did Rihanna say? Shine bright like a diamond. That's
0: what Andy did.
2: That's what Andy did.
0: That's what Andy did. End of the
2: game. It started early. So what do you do? You bring in Sky Moore from Western Michigan, not North Dakota State. Thank you, uh, 360. Go Bison. <laughs> well,
0: I think Western West Michigan, they're Michigan, they're like they're Mustangs. The Broncos. No, but the North Broncos. Dakota State, are they the yeah, Bison? They're the Bison. Yes, they yeah. are the Bison. Yeah. They're yeah, the Bison. just giving a
2: shout out. <laughs> so you bring in Sky Moore and you run a jet suite with them. It's not about what he does with the jet sweep. It's just that, look, you're showing them that this is in the game plan this week. He runs the jet sweep, only gets four yards. Okay, you're good with that. So now you bring in Tony. And what, what does Tony do? He shows the same motion. He gets in motion. Looks like he's going to run a jet sweep or shallow. But at the snap, puts his foot in the ground. He returns to the flat in which he came from. Bam, you get an easy touchdown. Then what do you do? You bring in Sky Moore and say, hey, Sky Moore, remember that jet sweep you got? We're going to give him the same look. I guarantee you the defense is talking. Watch 24, watch 24 in the motion. Boom, he motions. Boom, he does the same thing Tony does. He gets into the flat. Easy touchdown. So then what do you do when the game is on the line? You get Juju out there. You say, Juju, we're going to run the same thing. You're going to motion down. Now these guys are expecting you to go to the flat. That's why Bradbury was pulling on his hip a little bit. Mm-hmm. You break down after the motion. Boom, you go to the flat. Bradbury's pulling on his hip. Instead of running to the flat, he turns it into a wheel. Nothing of space and opportunity out there. That's the brilliance of Andy Reid and Viennemi. They set this play up, this moment, they set it up quarters ago, snaps ago, 35, 40 snaps ago. You set this moment up knowing that I'm going to show this defense exactly what they think is going to happen, and then we're going to take a shot on it. That patience and that willingness to throw the jabs, to throw the jabs, and then a knockout punch lets you know the experience of Andy Reid. The Super Bowl was not a big moment for him. He didn't get overwhelmed in that. I bet you his heart rate was sitting at like a cool 75 with most guys are around over 100 VPMs. He was calm. He was cool in that moment. Got a pi out of it. That won the game. Him being patient.
0: Do you think Andy Reid needed this Super Bowl win to be a lock for the Hall of Fame?
2: No, I think with the wins he has overall, he would have been in. But this just, I mean, makes him even more of a lock.
0: Yeah. Well, I saw. I I've seen so many columns since, and they're all good. Like I I read a lot of them of being like, "Hey, this kind of solidified Andy Reid's legacy," and it did. But he would have been a Hall of Famer. Even if he were to lose this one, and let's say he has one Super Bowl win to his name or whatever, like it's still—I mean, I think he holds. I want to say more wins than does than do all of the other uh, Kansas City Chiefs head coach coaches combined in franchise history. Like just an unprecedented run uh, for him out in Kansas City. Absolutely unreal. All right, let's get to what's on tap.
1: This is What's On Tap with Bumpin' Stacy brought to you by Dick's Drive-In. So, folks, what's on tap? All right, Maddie
0: Beniers and the Kraken get a little bit of a break. They're taking on the Jets tomorrow at 5 p.m. We'll see if Beniers is back out there. That's What's On Tap, brought to you by Dick's Drive-In. All right, quick, think of the best Super Bowls you have ever Scene. And I know, I know that a lot of you guys are going to say Super Bowl 48 when the Seahawks won. But guys, let's be real. Was it a great Super Bowl when it was so lopsided? I don't know. That'll be up to you. With Super Bowl 57 in the rear view, did it crack into our top five? That's next.
1: Bumpin' Stacy,
0: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. This hour of Bumpin' Stacey is brought to you by Mazda of Everett. What I Need to Know, coming your way in 15, get your questions in. 866-979-3776. Again, text any question, any question you have. 866-979-3776. With Super Bowl 57 in the rear view? Did it crack into our top five Super Bowls ever? Um... You know, before we even rank them, let's talk about some of our favorite Super Bowls. I'll go first. Um, I uh, this is not a unique opinion. A lot of people love this Super Bowl. I had the most fun outside of Super Bowl 48 for obvious reasons. Uh, Super Bowl 52 between uh, the Eagles and Patriots. It was the Eagles were just such an easy team to root for the Philly special. Nick Foles is the backup. Everything was perfect. It just was amazing. It's one of my favorite Super Bowls, maybe my favorite Super Bowl of all time. I truly was engaged throughout the entirety of that game.
2: Yeah, I the first, when you asked this question, the first place I went to was uh, 2008 Pittsburgh versus Arizona. Oh, yeah. 27-23, to 23, that's when Larry Fitz had himself a game. Santonio San Holmes in the back of the end yep. zone, the toe-tap catch. That was, I think, I was still it was my last year. I was preparing for the league, I believe. Yeah, my last year was oh seven. Yeah, preparing for the league, and uh, this motivated me because I just love Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he's uh, a good dude, a good route runner, great hands. Not the fastest, but uh, he got his team there. So I that was the one to me where I had probably the most fun watching that. I one.
0: was rooting so hard for Arizona in that yeah, me one, too. and it just. Me too. My heart broke for him. Uh, both Arizona and Seattle with just heartbreaking losses to Pittsburgh. Uh, Curtis, what's one of your favorite Super Bowls uh, ever, ever, ever? I I got a couple on this list.
1: There's a lot of them to pick from. I love Rams Titans. That was a really good one. Uh, I also enjoyed the first Giants Patriots game, Mm -hmm. the 2007 season. So that Super Bowl happened in 2008 where the Giants Ruined the Patriots' perfect season. Amazing the, the helmet catch of David i David Tyree. That was an incredible moment uh, in Super Bowl history. Uh, also, Patriots Falcons. Even though the Patriots did win overtime, you had the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history twenty eight to three. They score thirty one unanswered points to beat the Falcons in overtime. Uh, one of the greatest comebacks we're ever gonna see uh i'm i'm with you stacy i really enjoyed the eagles beating the patriots the following season uh you know nick Foles, bear down absolutely of that was course. An incredible <laughs> moment your
0: favorite quarterback of all time
1: exactly i it's interesting because about the n- late 90s is where we started to see Super Bowls become closer and closer and closer before then it was like blowout city year after year after year well you
0: started having free agency start in like 94 or something like that right
1: Yeah, so so, I think you just started
0: seeing more parity.
1: Yeah, more more talent spread throughout the league. Exactly. Um, These same teams.
0: This is not. It doesn't feel good to say, but Super Bowl forty nine, if you were not a Seahawks fan, was a very competitive and exciting Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You were not entirely sure who was going to win this one. There was a comeback at some point for both teams, and then it ends with maybe the most shocking end to a Super Bowl ever. We were talking about this earlier. Whether that remains the most shocking and surprising end to a Super Bowl. I think it does. Arizona, weird things happen at the end of Super Bowls there.
2: Yes, they do.
0: Okay, so let's talk about where this one creeps in. Bump?
2: Ah, this one creeps in. Here's the thing about Super Bowls. It takes a while to let
0: it... Got to let it marinate.
2: marinate. You got to digest it. You have to break down the film. You got to look at the numbers. Maybe you have to see... One or two more Super Bowls go down for you to appreciate it. But the way this thing was set up, MVP on one side, runner-up on the other side. They literally scored the same amount of points during the regular season. I want it was like 456 or yeah, something like that. it was eerie. It, it's close, right? You have... The team that's fueled by a quarterback, you have a team that's fueled by everybody and the quarterback. A team that's going to rely on the run to set up things, a team that's going to rely on the pass to set up things. And then it comes down to the final drive and it's 35 or 38 to 35. I think just on paper looking at this thing, I think it will eventually creep into my top five. Right now it's too fresh. Right now, I, I'm I'm still breaking down. How much do I think Mahomes was really hurt? Like, how bad was that ankle? Yeah. Um, you know, he had moments where he's nice little he's conspiracy and, theory going on there. You know what Bob. I'm saying? I'm, I'm thinking about that. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still marinating on Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches of all time for sure. I'm looking at Sirianni, second year head coach, gets into the playoffs for the second year in a row. And then he goes into the Super Bowl. I'm looking. I'm thinking about the the off season acquisitions for Philly. Right now I'm going to say I'll put I'll put this one at 5. But I reserve the rights either bump them up or kick them out.
0: This one is uh also near 5 for me. If it went into overtime, if that holding call was never made and the Chiefs kicked a field goal, the Eagles went down and kicked a field goal to send it to overtime and then we saw a great overtime, this would be like maybe number 2 or 3. Mhm. I just it, it it had everything you wanted. It had two really young, exciting quarterbacks, great throws by either team. Um, there, It wasn't like a defensive clinic, although there were some really hard hits. And, you know, if you have maybe an interception or something in this one, maybe people like it a little bit more to add mm-hmm. some excitement. But you still had the scoop and score when the Eagles were driving. Right. Um, it had really creative plays, particularly by Kansas City's offense. Uh, and it had Jalen Hurts just taking over. Like, you saw this guy that faced some doubt heading into the game absolutely take over. I mean, the touchdown followed by running in the two-point conversion himself was, I thought, phenomenal. So, it would have had everything. It's just, I think, I think for a lot of people, that call leaves it out of the top five. And that's such a shame. Yeah,
2: that's horrible, man. And the way that Jalen Hurts in this offense set the tone from jump. Now, I believe they scored on 11 opening possessions on the season, which is the most in the NFL. They only had one three and out on their opening drives. They get to a third down, and I'm thinking, man, all right, this is going to be this third and five. And then he finds Avante Smith for about 12 yards. Boom, you keep it rolling. And then you say, can this Phillies offense be the team that we saw all year? They do exactly that. They open up. They go 11 plays, 75 yards. Now you're thinking, okay, all right, Chiefs, what are you going to do? They say, I don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Six plays, 75 yards, and we're tied up. Okay, feel respond. Three and out. Punt the ball. All right, KC, what are you going to do? Boom, miss field goal. The first two series for each team, you got almost everything you wanted. You got long drives for touchdowns. You got a three and out. You got drama with a miss field goal. So as soon as you sat down and you, you're you finishing your first beer, you're like, oh, gosh, <laughs> this is going to be a good one. They you got
0: double-digit points pretty quickly. Yeah. Curtis, does this creep into your top five? uh or did the call kind of keep it keep that it okay?
1: kind of threw a wet blanket on isn't the that night? such a bummer yeah. just
0: think about it think about it this is I'm convinced that this would be in the top three for most people if it had the following an interception um a, a crazy catch like a randy uh you know some not like someone getting mossed but just like an absolutely insane catch like mm-hmm. if AJ Brown's catch was even more over the top and then obviously went into over if it went into overtime I think
1: I'd put it in the top ten I think
0: that would be in people's top three
1: yeah I don't I think it cracks the top five though
0: yeah that's fair yeah that's totally fair who's your who's uh keeping them out of the what's keeping them out of the top five is it the call
1: it's the call yeah it had big plays throughout the night and uh like you said great quarterback play two really good teams going at it but yeah that was just uh that was not fun yeah at the end
0: uh i'm gonna ask you guys whether super bowl 48 is in your top five anywhere
2: 48 my as, personal
1: um,
0: top five? Your personal top sure. five. Be very yeah. honest. I don't think so. I
1: know. It was my personal top five. It was one of the most pleasant viewing experiences There's I've no ever stress. had <laughs> yes. in my entire life. I was chilling. Zero stress. <laughs> Absolutely from the, chilling. from the first snap. Yeah. Very first <laughs> snap. I went to
0: get um, a, a snack from a place next door. We were watching it at this like kind of bar where you could bring food. And I wasn't stressing. I was like, you know what? I, can, I know that I'm missing parts of the game. I'm okay with it.
1: Mm. <laughs> so the, just... the second half kickoff return by Percy Harvin is when I completely like relaxed, where I had no fear about the Broncos coming back and winning that game. But see, it was over at that point.
0: If you're not a Seahawks fan, that's not a exactly. good game.
2: Yeah, you have to be diehard Seahawks, too. Now, I, I appreciate the win because um, a part of that organization – that organization gave me an opportunity to live out my dreams, but I'm looking at it like I want a game. Yeah. Like, come on, man! Like let's make this a game. So, because uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not born and raised here, so I didn't grow up since a little kid with mm-hmm. a with a Seahawks jersey on. I, I got into it around '08. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I appreciate it. But I couldn't put that in my top, in my top
0: five. Fair. I'm with you. All right. Get your questions in for what I need to know. Wrapping up the show by answering your biggest questions. It can be sports, non-sports, whatever it is. Text them now. 866 866- 979-3776 What I Need to Know right around the corner.
1: Bumpin' Stacy.
0: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios
1: on Seattle Sports Station.
0: Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and
1: Stacy Ross. It's
0: What I Need to Know. Get your questions in now to the Mac and Jack's text line. That number is 866 866- Nine seven nine three seven seven six. What I need to know is brought to you by All Red Heating Cooling Electric. A question that already spawned a debate during the break because I read it too soon, but we're going back to it. If there was a presidential dunk contest, who would be the finalists and eventual winner?
2: Who would be the final list? Now, we know that Abraham Lincoln was tall.
0: Abe Lincoln six four. was six foot four Big guy. at a time when people but, were much so he's shorter. A, he's a two guard.
1: I mean, Hey, Abe, Abe can't ball, though.
0: Well, but, okay. Well, <laughs> so could, listen,
1: that's safe to say because basketball was invented True. after the True, exactly. but it's not
0: an overly complicated concept. If all you have to do is say, is Abe, somebody no. 1860s. hey, <laughs> Abe, I'm going to give you the ball. You no. don't even have to release it from your hands. Just hang on to it and kind of jump, and kind of jump. Abe.
2: No, no. You don't think? If you've, you've never done bots. it before, you're going to look silly. <laughs> it's just A lot of these is. people
0: haven't done it before. Yeah,
2: well, you know who has? Obama. He's the only hooping quarterback we know. I don't know if he's a dunker. He's a shooter. Obama's only 6'1".
0: He's only 6'1". If
2: I I could dunk once upon a time at 5'11", he
1: better be dunking.
0: Okay, if I'm taking... I will take Barack Obama as the finalist to actually do it, but I would like to point out that Chester A. Arthur was six foot two. Yeah,
1: but Chester, he was a he was a burly fella. Uh, <laughs> he's getting weighed down. Okay, you his, had his official portrait. He's got a double chin.
0: Lyndon B. Johnson, six foot three and a half.
1: I don't sleep on on that LBJ. LBJ another <laughs> LBJ <laughs> I mean, those, that's really worth to consider. Are important.
0: All right. Uh, Here we need. Oh, no. Someone said throwing shots at Abe Lincoln is a little awkward. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey.
1: That's a bar, You said that, not me. Too soon. That's a bar. What
0: I need to know. (laughs) How likely is it the Seahawks draft CJ Stroud?
2: I don't think it's very likely. I don't know. Because I don't think he's going to be there. But if he is there, they will have to contemplate and think about it. But what did we learn today, kids? You win with drafting or having high... Talented, extremely talented offensive lineman and defensive lineman.
0: Uh, What I need to know who was the worst Star Spangled Banner singer of all time? Uh, We're all thinking the same one, right? There is only one answer to this one. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Who's clapping? <laughs> Stop
0: that. <laughs> Someone in the crowd was like, Oh, I feel like I need to oh, just to let man. her know. She thought she brought it too. She did. Furry. I have to support another Stacy. However, I it that's the worst one. It's the worst one.
2: And Carl Lewis. <laughs> He's he like, said, Hold up now. Watch <laughs> out now. Wait for it.
0: <laughs> what I need to know. <laughs> what I need to know. A few weeks back, Bump casually name-dropped coup great Alex Brink attending his bachelor party. I'm going to need to know who else attended that party.
2: Um, You know what? For uh, privacy's sake. I'm going to plead the fifth. Yeah, for
1: privacy's sake, we're not going to name names. There are high-profile wow. guys
2: in this thing. Brink is good because he's a quarterback. Brink always does the right things. You know what I'm saying? But I mean the other boys, it's a good match. God. Night.
0: Raise your hand if Bump got you watching Days of Thunder after the show. I did agree that I would watch it. So yeah. I'm raising my hand. Watch it. I know, I know. Uh what I need to know how likely is it going back to the draft that four or excuse me, three quarterbacks go in the first four picks leaving Anderson or Carter for the Seahawks to take. Okay, texter, I'm going to jump in before Bump mm-hmm. and say that there is that Bump um fantasy football Projection: Danny Kelly, friend of the show for the ringer, has to go through a million. So he does have one scenario where a couple teams trade up, and that does happen in Jalen Carter falls to Seattle.
2: Okay. But the Cardinals well, will
0: inevitably draft a defensive guy. I'm
2: going just off no trade-ups because those are too many scenarios. Mm-hmm. You got Chicago, Houston, Arizona, Indy, and then the Seahawks. The Seahawks don't need a quarterback. Indy could use one. Cardinals don't need a quarterback. Houston could use one. Chicago don't need a quarterback. So I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Camus in Nashville says Abe got handles, bro.
2: Hey, Abe <laughs> handles. He's, he's he don't even look like dudes did in the '60s. Imagine Abe trying to bounce a basketball. Damn, he I,
0: probably I guess, could throw
2: a baseball though. What he did seems they like play back guy. then?
1: What did they play?
0: I don't know paddle ball. Uh, what did they do? Stick they, ball. Probably
1: golf back then. Ride horses. So
0: I probably have sports that we don't even or like croquet. Someone said my boy George Washington. I'm gonna say right now Washington can't ball. No, nah. I will put money on it. <laughs> I will bet money that Washington could not ball.
1: If you could dunk in George Washington's day, you were getting burned at the stake. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the witch. The witch. Burn him.
0: What I need to know. Um, who would you guys want to see perform in the Super Bowl?
2: Man. Last, I mean, last year kind of just.
0: Like that's peak?
2: Just did it for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I- if I could be an older and see, nah oh man, that's it. For what me. it
0: is is, I just want a repeat of ones that I've liked. Like I'd love to see Beyonce again. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. that's just it's a boring answer, but uh. I just like to see some of the ones that Beyonce. were my favorite. Uh, What I need to know? They always say T-Mobile is a pitcher's park. What exactly makes it a pitcher's park?
1: Curtis, uh, deep fences. The air does not
0: the marine allow. Air. Yeah, the air doesn't
1: allow for fly balls to travel very far. Uh, uh, makes it a pitcher's park.
0: Yeah. That's something that I think players probably hate. I used to always imagine Jesse Winker would watch things thinking it would be a home run and be like
1: Especially cuz he came from one of the best hitters ball exactly. in Cincinnati. So
0: you get here and you're like I don't understand. Any yeah, like what, that what felt like a home run for me after my the entirety of my career with Cincinnati and now it's falling short uh, and and it's just a like F8. <laughs> like it's done. Um what I need to know, speaking of the Mariners, where do the Mariners finish this upcoming season? You guys think they get to or past 90 again? Have to. You have to. I think
2: they can. I think they will. I believe. Uh, I think they're getting
0: like. Curtis, what about you?
1: 90 91 again.
0: Which would be an amazing feat. Three
1: straight 91 seasons, not bad.
0: Is it because you guys don't think they added enough talent that would take you from 90 to 95?
1: I think that. I just have to
2: see it. Yeah. I have to see it. And yeah, if they added a couple names, bigger bats, then I'd feel a lot more confident. But I think they've gotten better. So at least I can do is duplicate what they did last year.
0: That's a good point. I think, Curtis, I keep remembering that time you were like, it's so much harder to go from 90 to 95 than it is to go from 80 to 90. Yeah. Where yeah, like that final push. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know if the Mariners have given that push this year. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, that will do it for us today. For Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacy Rost. We'll be back with you at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Don't go anywhere, though. Wyman and Bob coming up next.